This pod blast is brought to you by the great folks over at Game Surplus. They're the home of great games and great prices, and not to mention amazing customer service. So check them out at gamesurplus.com and tell them Heavy Cardboard sent you. Hey, y'all. Since I've been dealing with uh, my bout of shingles recently and with BGGCon right around the corner, we've been playing a whole lot of games. We just haven't been playing one game a lot to be able to feature it. We've been doing this just to be able to get ready for BGGCon, so we thought we'd bust out a pod blast with kind of a, a first look on a whole bunch of different games to hopefully get your guys' appetite whetted for BGGCon or for just SM releases if you're not attending, right? Right, exactly. So we're going to start off with North American Railways. Publisher is Spielworks and the designer is Pierre Sylvester has a very winsome feel. It really does. It's uh, very minimalistic as far as the game. It's just a bunch of cards and money, or in our case, poker chips Mm -hmm. that only have one side so it can be hidden money. But definitely a winsome feel. It's uh, It plays in about filler time, about 40 minutes or so, uh, even regardless of the player numbers that we found. But it, it just has this very simple gameplay, yet... It feels like every time I play it, that there's, I know there's more here, and I just keep getting little nuggets of <laughs> a little bit more. Oh, wait. Oh, I see that now, right. that type of kind of feeling right. to it. So, bottom line, I'm looking, I've played it four or five times now, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm looking forward to more plays. Yeah, definitely. The, I, I like it. It's, it, like you said, it's very it's very simple rule set and very simple gameplay, but there is a lot underneath that simple rule set. And that's North American Railways by Spielworks. So next up, we have Kepler 3042 by Placentia Games, designed by Simone Cerruti Sola. So this game, I, I've mentioned it in a previous uh, podcast that... I came across this game. It was on my to-check-out list, mm-hmm. but really kind of, I don't know. Right. When I walked up to the table, everybody kind of had their head in their hands, like studying the board and looked real deep in thought. And I was like, ooh, tell me more. Right. <laughs> so I went over, I watched uh, a play, uh, some folks playing through it for a while, picked up a copy, and it's been a pleasant surprise. Yes. It's uh, a, I guess I would call it more a 2X Mm -hmm. than a 4X, because the 4X, you got explore, expand, exploit, and exterminate. There's no exterminate. No. There is exploiting of planets. There is uh, exploring, so the discovery of planets, and the expansion, kind of with the exploration. So call it 2.5X. Yeah. But uh, I'm not too keen on space games as a general rule but i say that yet everyone i i tend to play i seem to enjoy um it's not a not a definitely not a heavy game i would call this a solid midweight game Mm -hmm. has a cool little uh action selection uh mechanic that is reminiscent of venus and the 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 way you choose your your uh your actions each turn fun I, yeah. I think that's a, just a good way to call it. Yeah. It's just, it, it's an enjoyable mm-hmm. experience. It is. It's just fun. Yeah. Uh, played it three or four times so yeah. far. Looking forward to more plays. You? Yeah, same here. I really enjoyed my plays of it. All right. So that's Kepler 3042. 
Up next, we have Great Western Trail by Stronghold Games and designed by Alexander Pfister. It's an awesome game. Yeah, I think this is going to be thought of as the, in the general by the general masses as the best game to come out of Essen in 2016 Mm -hmm. everybody that's played it has loved it yep it's it's solid midweight me yeah i I would call it a a a solid medium weight game alexander fister can't seem to miss on anything he really can't i played it now five or six times i'll be honest uh a few of those plays we played wrong uh that's not to say that the, the it completely discounts those plays but one thing that it does do is it reemphasizes how important it is, at least for me personally, to play a game five, six, seven times before we review yeah. it. Because I I just don't know how some people can play a game once or twice and review it. Because I, I we are almost assured to play these games wrong at some point and, and early on. There is something to be said for us playing the game, us learning the game one way, then having someone else read the rule book and them teach us as well, because that's how we found out we were playing great Western trail wrong is because another friend of the show, Ben read the rule book and was like, um guys. Yeah. Be like, Oh wow. We butchered that. So, but now we got it fixed. So we got that done ahead of the review. So anyway, about the game, you are moving cows through the great Western trail up to Kansas city. There's a lot of different strategies. You're building buildings. You're there's some deck building with, as you acquire cows or a lot of times in my case, killing cows, i.e. thinning your deck. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's ways to get in other people's ways to cost them money, make them pay you a few bucks here and there. And a few bucks really can make a difference. You're hiring workers you're moving your train along a track, which is basically in-game scoring points as well as little bonuses mm-hmm. along the way. Just, I haven't gotten tired of it. No. I, I am worried. I'm the type of person that if I play a game too much in too short a time, I'm going to burn out. And I think we've played the game, shoot, six, seven, eight times now. And some of those, like I said, we played wrong. But even so, I'm still excited to play the game more I'm just trying to throttle yeah, back a I just, little bit. I don't want him to get to the point where he has played it so many times that he never wants to play it again because I like it too much. And so I don't want that to happen. And it's a very interesting setting. I mean, there's not a lot of Wild West games that aren't, you know, like... Shoot them ups or, or right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the theme is unique or in a set underutilized, yeah. I think. And there's, there's no games about driving cattle that That's I know for of. Sure. Um, but yeah, it, I, I really do think it's going to be thought of as the best game to come out of Essen. Check it out if you haven't already. Definitely recommended Great Western Trail. We're going to feature it later on down the road. Next up, we have Pax Renaissance by Phil Eklund and Sierra Madre Games. Hardest game I've tried to learn yes. from Essen, the Essen crop it's a CRM, it's a Phil Eklund game, so by default, these games, it's it's actually, it wasn't hard to learn to go through the rules. It was a little time consuming. It took us almost an hour to get through, but we were learning on the spot with Grayson. Another one of our listeners came over to play with us, and he kind of ran us through the game. But it's one of those games to where, okay, cool, I understand it. Then when the game starts... What am I doing? And I have no clue why I'm trying to do the things that I'm supposed to be doing. Right. And I 
that didn't really dawn on me until halfway through my second play. And even then, I feel like I'm just barely scratching the surface. I'm not super keen on the Renaissance time period, but the game is hugely interesting to me. I cannot wait to get this thing to the table at BGGCon. Mm -hmm. I am a bit dreading the teaching of it. We printed out player aids, this and that. Um, But you've played it once so far. What do you think? I played it once. I was in the second game of yours where that dawned on you halfway through the game. Um, I'm still dimly lit. I have a dimly lit bulb. Um, It's not, (laughs) it hasn't turned all the way on yet. But again, you know, it's an Eklund game. It's cards. I'm, it's a, packs his pack series i'm gonna i'm i love them all so of course i'm gonna love this one too cool and this very much it takes pieces of pax porfiriana it takes pieces of pax premier and it's almost like those two had a baby yeah and this is the game you get and it's i i feel like pax porfiriana for me even though that was the first of the three games that i learned that was the easiest game to learn, yes. but I feel like this one is actually easier for me than Pax Premier was. I'm not saying it is going to be that way across the board as far as learning the game. Overall, super excited to play it yeah. some more, and I, I'm really digging his games the more I play them and the more various yeah. games of his that I play. I really want to get High Frontier yes, to the table. Yes, we want to play that so bad. I just, I really would like to maybe have a, maybe a Phil Eklund couple weeks of game days where that's all we play, our Sierra Madre games, maybe the PAX series and High Frontier and stuff. That'd be cool. So that's PAX Renaissance. Up next, we have Princes of the Renaissance by Mercury Games and designed by Martin Wallace. So we've been playing the second edition where we were fortunate enough to get sent a review copy of this ahead of things. Uh, I... I really dig it. It it if you like auctions, yeah. yo dog. I hear you like auctions. It's 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 full of them. Yep. Literally, if you don't like auctions, stay as far away from this game as you yeah, can. Run away. I had dinner tonight with Tony, and I was describing uh, Princes of the Renaissance to him, and he's been on All You Can Eat eighteen XX build. Literally, that's all he plays right. outside of family games. Mm-hmm. But I was explaining this game to him, and he was like. Of course, it's got auctions in it. And so he really, really is, sounds excited to play it, which that says something seen as he doesn't want to play a whole lot of Euros right now. But in the game, you have influence and you have money. Those two currencies you're going to be using to win shares, quote unquote, of cities. You get to Make these cities go to war, even if you don't have a vested interest. Or maybe you have a vested interest in the attacking city losing. And so there's a whole lot of intrigue and there's a whole lot of wheeling and dealing. There's negotiation Mm -hmm. in that, hey, if I do this, if I am willing to be the the attacker, what are you going to give me if you want this city to lose? That type of thing. It's an older Martin Wallace um, with a gorgeous production by Mercury Games, and I am super excited to get this played more at BGGCon. So what do you think of it, though, in your first play? I enjoyed it. Um, I like auctions. I'm not... I'm, I mean, I'm not the best, but I'm not bad either at auctions. Um, but it's, it's just a game that I'm not 
gonna say no to playing again, obviously. But it, you know, I I would rather play other stuff, but I would play this as well. Okay, and look for that being featured here sooner rather than later. Princes of the Renaissance. So up next we have Plus Ultra, The Court of the Emperor Charles V by Meridiano Six. And then designers are Manuel de Cruz Diaz and Antonio J. Dionasio. Go with it. Yeah. This game was fun. I really like this game. This is one of those hidden gems that I was excited to pick up. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you guys heard the SM preview show with me, Jim, and Eric from Punchy Cardboard, this is one of those hidden gems that I was really excited about. If you listen back on the SM preview show, it made one of my top 10 games that I was excited for. So it's all about role selection and being able to... It's about picking, it's about role selection and making sure that you're utilizing that role selection to the best of your ability and taking advantage of every single piece of it. Right. So there's a big draft at the beginning of each round where 14 or 16 different roles or cards and each one does different things. Mm -hmm. It runs a little slow because you, the iconography, it becomes clear as you play it more but for that first game it's a bit of a trudge to get through it uh because you're like wait what is this guy doing you're looking at your little cheat Mm -hmm. sheet there but you're you're drafting these guys you get two of them you take actions to be able to uh build up in the colonies to be able to build up uh to donate forces to for the defense or, or the, I, I actually, I guess the defense of Europe and, and Spain in particular. It It's one of those games to where I dug it, but it could have gone either way. As mm. we play it more, it could improve yeah. or it could be like, it's it's too much work for the payoff. So I'm not right. sure which yeah. way that's going to yeah. go I've yet. I've only played it once. Definitely want to play it more to see how that, how it kind of levels out. But I really enjoyed the play that I have. I didn't enjoy it as much as you did, but that's not to say I didn't enjoy it at all. Right. So we'll see. So that's Plus Ultra, The Court of the Emperor Charles V. Next up, we have not really an Essen release, but it's going to get a lot of buzz, especially at BGG Con. That's Terraforming Mars, published by Stronghold Games, designed by Jacob Frixlius, I think. Forgive me. All right, moving on. Yes. So it's very much a card drafting game mm-hmm. in which players, they're not cooperatively trying to terraform Mars, but there are three goals that have to be met for the game to end. So everybody is going to be contributing to these factors to get the game to end. But when the game ends is entirely player dependent. So maybe folks want to drag their feet a little because their engine is taking longer to get going, or maybe they want to rush it because they feel like they have an advantage. Mm-hmm. And it's, you got the the common board, which is Mars. You're playing tiles to the board, but ultimately what it is, is it's all about this drafting or the, the card drafting. Mm-hmm. The base game has you just drawing four cards each round and you pay to keep them if you want. I'll be honest, I would never play it that way. No. We will draft it. It's one of the official variants that's in the rulebook. And in my opinion, yes, it makes for a longer game, but it vastly, vastly improves yes. the game. It, it definitely adds play, replayability to the game because 
drafting gives you more of a variance in the game instead of just you get these four cards. You may not you may see them over and over and over again. But it also helps you control the game and it reduces the amount of randomness in the game in, in the game because you're not just, oh, I drew poorly, I'm screwed. Right. I don't want any of these cards. At least you're gonna see more cards in the drafting mm-hmm. in, in the way that works. Overall, um, I think everyone has really enjoyed it. I think there it, it has its flaws. The production quality could have been a little bit better. Yeah. But overall, um, I think everybody's enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's as great as I've heard it made out to be by other folks. I think it's a solid game, and we're definitely enjoying it. But I think it's it's solid. And yeah. I, so yeah. read that as you would right there. And that's Terraforming Mars. Up next, we have Trick of the Rails by Terra Nova Games, and it is designed by Hisashi Hayashi. Woo! Okay. That is a really fun little game. Yeah, it's it's definitely a filler. It's 18xx, uh, the trick-taking game. Yeah. Uh, but it's 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 masterful in its design. It's very simple uh, mechanically, mm-hmm. but there every time you play it, you kind of, oh... Yeah, I can do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't even think of being able to do it that way. That type of feel. Similar in that type of feel is North American Railways. Yeah. But they are, even though the the, the theme and the topic, that whole 18xx kind of train theme operations versus uh, stock round feel to it, they are completely different animals. And I feel like... This one plays in 15, 20 minutes, whereas North American Rails plays, or Railways, plays in about 45 minutes or so. Different feel to the game completely, but both are good at what they do in their own niche. So if you want a true filler, Trick of the Rails, you're going to be hard-pressed to beat that. I had played this previously before it got republished Mm -hmm. by uh, Terra Nova Games, but... I think the the artwork is by yes. Ian O'Toole, it's or the the cover artwork of yeah. the box is by him. I forget who did the actual graphic design on the cards. It's cleaner. It looks better. Um, just all around, yeah. If you're gonna pick up a, uh, if you dig trick taking games mm-hmm. and you dig train games, it's a yes. no brainer. Yeah, Absolutely, you, you go grab that as fast as you can. And that's Trick of the Rails. All right, so now we're getting to the real recent plays, and by recent, I mean in the last two days. First one up, we have Barcelona, Rose of Fire, published by DeVere and designed by Marco Maggi and Francesco Nipotello, or Nepotello, sorry. So this is another one of those under-the-radar games that I was super excited to pick up at Essen. It looks cool. It's got a cool theme. It's based in true history, which I enjoy. Mm-hmm. And the game didn't disappoint. I'll be honest. Uh, so Matt brought up that it kind of has a similar feel to Forged in Steel, which is another kind of sleeper hit of the year for us. And I kind of get that because you're building up the city of Barcelona uh, once the medieval walls got uh, torn down back in the, I want to say it's the late 19th, mid 19th century. So the feel is similar to something like Forged in Steel. Uh, it also has, you're going to have a hand of cards, which is going to be four cards in, in a four player game. 
And some of these cards have events to where you can either play it for the event or you play it for the, uh, not the command points like in a lot of card-driven right. uh, card games, but you can build buildings. And then there's going to be area majority scoring. That Also, the area majorities in the different areas of the board, as well as the different types of buildings that you're building, are going to give you access to different card decks oh, to be able to draw. So, really fresh feeling, I think, is a good way to, to feel it or to, to explain it. And it just... Everybody at the end of the game was like, that was really good. I want to play that again. And so, yeah, the, the rule book was surprisingly clear. Oh, that's good. Uh, you just have to take your time reading through it. it uh, the translation, because I believe it was originally in Spanish. I think the translation, they did really well with it. It's, uh, it's a game I'm excited to bring to BGGCon and to not evangelize, but uh, just kind of, hey... Have you guys heard of this? No? Hey, you might want to, if you dig, you know, kind of area majority and you like kind of a thematic history, yeah, let's check this nice. out. Let's get this to the table in this game you very much need to play. And so that's Barcelona, Rose of Fire. Now let's talk about The Arrival. It's published by Games Up and by Martin Wallace. So unfortunately, Saturday, when we got this and Barcelona to the table, you had a migraine. Yeah. So you were kind of down I, for the count. Yeah, I, I was a big lump in my office watching YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> so the arrival. So this is a reimagining of Martin Wallace's, I think, 1999, I think is when it was, game, Mordred. I'll be honest, never played Mordred. We don't own it and didn't know a whole lot about it. But I was excited about, oh, a new Martin Wallace game. So cool. So it's a fantasy theme in that it's almost like almost like a tower defense game that the the game is, and other players are putting monsters out there that you as players have to kind of hold the line and push them back. Okay. But there's a lot of randomness in this game. And I don't know if it feels like the right amount of randomness or just way too much. I'm not sure yet, again, off of one play. So the interesting thing about it is at the beginning of every player's turn, they're all going to draw four cards from these three different decks of cards. The backs of the cards, you're not allowed to look at the cards you draw. So the backs of the cards have symbols on it that show... Like, these cards are heavy on these things. You are more than likely going to get more of these things mm. on this card as opposed to other cards which you're going to get more of these. So you're going to, everyone's going to draw four of them, put them in whatever order you want, but they're all face down. Nobody has seen their cards. Then you turn two of them face up simultaneously. Mm -hmm. And they're divided by top, middle, and bottom. And in the top, it has the most lucrative stuff that you get, be it, you know, attack power, defensive power, more monsters that you're going to throw at your enemies or at yourself if you want, or victory points or city building tokens to be able to build up your defense. The middle one kind of is Goldilocks. It's just right, right in the middle. The bottom row is kind of an easier path. Everybody has these two blocking stones that... Once you've looked at your two cards, everybody simultaneously blocks off the top row, the middle row, or the bottom row for all four cards, even though you've only seen two oh, of them. Oh, wow. 
Then you, so you blocked off one. Then once everyone's chosen, you flip the third card. Everybody chooses the other one to block off. So whatever one's left, then you're going to turn over your fourth card and you get whatever is there. Mm -hmm. And then you have to uh, take your turns. On your turns, you're going to do two different things. You're going to put out monsters that help kill other players. Mm -hmm. So it beats them back or helps your your you attack these monsters or helps protect you against them and all this. Ultimately, the game's going to end one of two ways, either a set amount of rounds or if at the end of a round, the monsters have more spaces on the board locked up than the players, then the game ends that way. Well, the, whatever way the game ends, it's either going to be victory points, whoever has the most, if the heroes, quote unquote, win, uh, and the game ends on number of rounds. But if not, you're also balancing this corruption track. Every time you you draw monsters, based on the, the row on the cards that you selected, you get a certain number of monsters, as well as the matching same number of corruption points. If the monsters win, whoever has the fewest corruption, the lowest corruption, wins. So you're balancing these oh, two tracks, wow. while also having to fight back these monsters and help kill the other players. So it's... It's different, yeah, no doubt. It, it sounds, it sounds, yeah. I just don't know if there's just too much randomness with those with those uh, card draws, but also with the you don't know what monsters you're putting out. You're just saying, okay, I'm putting out a chit. You turn it over, and that's the type of monster. Could be a weak one, could be a strong one. Oh, you wow. don't know. Okay. So yeah, I would say so far that's probably one of the two weaker games that we've played. Um, it's a game that I'm not. Super, I can't wait to play that some more. Right. But it's also not a game that I'm like, oh, no, that I don't want to play that. I want to play it some more, but I'm not jonesing to play okay. it. Okay. If that right. makes sense. Oh, yeah, so that's The Arrival. Another game I missed out on was Doc Mess by Lauta Pellet and designed by Miko Punakalio. So I thought this was just going to be a cool little filler game. It just, the pictures of it drew me in. I was like, that looks cool because mm-hmm. there's little triangle, like, pyramid pieces on these different tiles okay that looked cool so i picked it up and then whoa when i finally (laughs) got it played yesterday so it's uh it's an abstract game with almost like a sieve building type feel to it because Mm -hmm. you have all these different tiles uh big tiles that look they're reminiscent of uh sid meyer's sieve those type tiles the the board game so as you're building up these little tents or or, or uh, pyramids out there, you're you get the alliance of these different gods and these different gods. Once per action, once per turn, every player gets one of these gods, and these allow you to move tiles. So Earth shit or the whole planet shifts. You can move this tile from here over across this tile to the other side. Or maybe you can uh, uh, turn this tile 90 degrees. And the whole landscape of the board changes between player to player, much less from this turn to your next turn. Completely changes. So if you dig abstracts and you like the whole extremely tactical nature of this, and I'll be honest, this hurt my brain, but man, was it a lot of fun. It was really cool. You're, You're... trying to get your little teepee looking things or, or, or uh, pyramids 
onto all the different tiles for uh, to get next to these little temples and you have to sacrifice some and little stuff like that but overall the the main thing is the the moving of these tiles and the manipulating of the board that helps you in a very tactical way so it plays in about 40 minutes to an hour so it it's not filler but it's it's not a, a super light it, it's easy but it's not easy right that makes sense oh, yeah. so yeah definitely pretty cool game bringing that with us as well can't wait to play that some more so that's docmas next up a game i did get to play solarius mission by spielworks that it's designed by andreas odenall and michael keller another space game that i really i wanted to cry <laughs> fighting through the rules i love uli and i love spielworks but God, do I hate the rule books a lot of times. This is a tough rule book to get through. Um, the translations aren't super clear. There's a lot of ambiguity. Really frustrating. But on the flip side, Miko over on BGG has kind of done a, a very truncated rewrite of the rules, which had I realized that was out there oh, would have made man. that process a lot easier. Long story short, Fight through the rules. It's worth it. Mm -hmm. It's really, really cool. Yeah, it's really It's good game. a lot of fun. Yep. Uh, so it made the learning and the fighting through the rules worth it. It's a it's a space theme game to where you're going around like Kepler. Yep. You're going out exploring planets and colonizing planets and doing all that. But the cool thing also I think about this game is the whole dice drafting as well as dice as tech tree building mm -hmm. that this game has. Yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting. And, and another thing that I like about it, just on a aesthetic level, I guess, is that there's four different types of goods, but they all use one cube. It, they're all pink. And so it d depends on where you place the cube as to what type of good it is. And that's just easier to have, you have one bowl full of pink cubes instead of, five bowls full of different colored cubes yeah no doubt so the dice drafting really pretty cool concept yeah the which i if you guys are have listened to the show before you know how keen i am on that whole dice drafting mechanic uh as i said at the heavy cardboard meetup in essen we love dice in our games especially ones you don't roll yeah some of these you do roll others you do not in mm -hmm. this game yeah but it's uh, it's really clever. It's an engine building game with resource conversion, with uh, recipe fulfillment, and all of this. So it's a whole bunch of these mechanics. But once you get past the rules, it flows really, it really well. Surprisingly well. I was I was concerned a little bit because um, there's just so much. But it flowed very well. The turns went smoothly, and I li I like you. I really do enjoy the games where you draft dice. And you place them on your board or, or whatever. I just, that's interesting to me. I like that. My one apprehension, again, from one play, is the game ran a little long for us. It took like three and a half hours for our first play in a yeah. four-player game. It shouldn't take that no, long. No, it shouldn't take anywhere near that long. So it could be a lot of fighting through the rules made it longer. So that could be part of it. Um, so that's my one apprehension. But otherwise... Uh, now that we know how to play it, I'm excited to be able to teach other people at BGGCon and subsequently 
other groups, you know, as we come in contact with them so that they can go and teach their game group so they don't have to fight through the rules yeah. like we did. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Larius Mission, definitely hopeful and looking forward to mo- more plays. Last up of the recent uh, releases, eh, kind of. We'll go with it. Lorenzo Il Magnifico by Cranio Creations and soon-to-be Cool Mini or Not. Designed by Flamina Brazzini, Virginio Gigli, and Simone Luciani, I think. Go with it. <laughs> sure. So this is another game that I was really looking forward to. Uh, I was a little apprehensive about it with a cool mini or not. Definitely not the type of publisher I would have thought would have published this game. Um, so I was wondering how, how heavy it would be or whether it's just going to be all puppy dogs and ice cream type Mm -hmm. thing. And we played it two player today and it was fine. It's very, oh yeah, it's a Euro. It's, there was nothing special about the game. It didn't feel, again, it's kind of, it's not really dice drafting. It's more you roll three dice and the you everybody has a worker that corresponds to each of those die colors. And whatever you rolled, that gives you how many action points that you can kind of use that turn and whether or not it qualifies to be able to uh, take these cards, to be able to uh, chain things, to be able to build up resources, get your engine going, that type thing. So it wasn't unpleasant by any means, but it's definitely not a game that I am going to want to play too often to player. There are going to be a ton more games that I would reach for ahead of this at two player. Now, I've heard interactions on Twitter and stuff when I was talking about this earlier today when we played it. Three or four definitely has a better feel and it's definitely a more enjoyable game at three or four. Um, So yeah, two, eh, it's fine. Three or four, I have hope, but I don't have high hopes for it, if that makes sense. You and Matt played it while I was at work today, so um, I didn't get to play this one, but looking forward to playing it, um, just to see if maybe three players or four makes it better. Yeah, it's definitely going to fall in that Grand Austria Hotel, Castles of Burgundy weight range Mm. kind of of it. doesn't it's not going to be a brain burning brain burner by any stretch it's it's not going to give you a huge workout but it's it's it'll be a fine school night game but my only fear is that it's a game on a pile of games but again it's one play and it wasn't at the optimal play count it was just hey let's get this learned oh oh yeah let's go and finish the game too so we have it in our back pocket for bgg con so there's that that's lorenzo il magnifico All right, so last but not least, wanted to talk a little bit about Vino's Deluxe Edition. So we talked about this, we we briefly talked on it, uh, comparing the original 2010 version to the revamped rules of the 2010 version in the Eagle Griffin Deluxe Edition. Yes. Boy, that's a lot of words to say that. Yeah, it is. So the new edition from Eagle Griffin has two games in it. It has the original 2010 Venus, and it has Vital Lacerda's new kind of, I guess, streamlined version of Venus, which is the 2016 edition. So it's a little confusing there because the 2016 meaning the new 
version of the game that has both? No. There's two rule sets in the game and there's two sides of the board. I guess I should mention Eagle Griffin's the publisher, Vito Lacerda is the designer. Mm-hmm. All right. So as you guys know, we both love the original Venos. Yes. We have played the revamped version of the in the new edition of Venos and loved it. Mm-hmm. Ian O'Toole's artwork is phenomenal. Yes. It's beautiful. I didn't feel that the graphic design uh in hindered play the new graphic design Not compared to the original oh gosh yes the the old one it make, was a bit garish make your eyes cross a little bit yeah. but this new ian o'toole's artwork in this in the new one um is quite it's quite nice it's nice and muted and not garish flashing at you it's very clean yeah it's a very very clean graphic design you can tell what's going on in each area things like that so previously we'd only played the original version of it. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the changes that Vital made to the game are so minor that I would say non-issue either way. Correct. I would agree with that. Then the other day we played, I think it was yesterday. It was yesterday. We played the 2016, which is a kinder, gentler much, Venus. Much kinder, gentler Venus. So we're going to go under the assumption that you are familiar with Venos because we're not going to go through the whole kit and caboodle on this. No. Comparing it to the original Venos, it's fine. It's a game that's going to appeal to a wider audience far and away. Yeah, There's no yeah. doubt. It removes the bank. It streamlines the fare. It makes... Everything just a little bit easier. Money never... F- I never felt stressed Not about money. All. I never felt taxed by the game. I never felt... I didn't feel the tension that I felt in the original right. version of the game. Yeah, no, not at all. There is no tension at all. <laughs> now, that's not to say it was an unpleasant game. We all enjoyed the game. But if you're a fan of... The types of games that we are, mm-hmm. more than likely you're going to be more interested in the 2010 version of the game. Mm-hmm. But the awesome thing about this is you get both in right. the box. Right, you don't have to pick. You get them both, so that's so great. ultimately, I would highly recommend getting the new edition of Venus if you don't have a copy of Venus at all. If you have a copy of Venus and you're happy with it and you enjoy the stress of money being super tight and you enjoy the tension that the game brings there's honestly unless you are completely enamored with ian o'toole's artwork there's really no reason to get the new edition would you agree i would yeah i would agree the um the differences he made aren't big enough to validate getting a whole new game however if you've tried the original venus and you just didn't like it for that tension or you thought the bank was a bit, how should I say, convoluted maybe? Um, Or just didn't feel that flow flowed well, but you were interested in it. Then the 2016 edition of the rules and that side of the board and that version of the game would appeal to you, I think, potentially. So there's a market, I feel like, for... The new version of Venus. And I 
I panned it at first. When I first heard that he was coming out with it, I was like, why do you need to change it? Why do you need to mess with this? I disagree, Vital. Mm -hmm. And I'll admit, I think I was wrong. All right. So, yeah, definitely can wholeheartedly endorse the new version of Venus if you don't have it already. Mm -hmm. If you have the original and you enjoy it, I think you're going to be fine sticking with it. But if you don't, then definitely check this one out. Yeah, for sure. Um, Matt mentioned yesterday, Dana came up and asked what he felt about it. And he said, I'd really like it. It's really great. But I've played Venus. Like he's played the 2010 version. Okay. So, so he... Yeah. So that that, I feel like that was a good way to describe it is that it's a good game, but... If you've already played the 2010 version and enjoy that version, yeah, then what? The 2016 version's not going to be no. for you. That's not to say the new edition, because again, it's got both games yeah. in it. And you get it's really, a little confusing to try and explain it, it but I think get, you guys get, you get it. You get the new artwork, which is obviously um, better than the original. Um, you get better, you know, different bits and better bits and, and all kinds of that kind of stuff. But if you're fine with the board, you don't mind the board, and you're happy with the original. And it, the original's perfectly fine as far as graphic design. I think it's pretty clear. Mm -hmm. But it's just the artwork is, it. they're just different styles of artwork. That's all. But, you know, if you want to get people into uh, heavier games, maybe, and kind of dip their toe into it a little bit, perfect. Because you have the kind of family version of Vinos on one side, and then you like, oh, you like that one? Okay, let's flip it over and play the hard, you know, the 2010 version of Vinos and see how you feel about that one. Which, that's actually a really good point that I hadn't thought of, is it really could be considered a gateway into heavier oh, games absolutely. now. Oh, absolutely, yeah. This really can, because there's, don't get me wrong, there is absolutely meat on the bones when it comes to the... The Kindler Gentler uh, 2016 rule set. It's just not for you and I exactly. and for our group. But for other people, absolutely. Good point. Yeah, I, I could definitely see this as a gateway game into heavier games. So we get asked that question a lot. Mm -hmm. What games or gamer games would you recommend for people that want to take that next step into heavier games? I think you could do a lot worse than the 2016 rule set of Venus. That's actually a really yeah. damn good point. Because you have a, you know, you have the one kind of gateway into it, and then boom, here's the big yeah, boy. Yeah, here's the big boy right on the other side. And also, uh, like Paul Grogan, I don't think he enjoyed the original Venus, but I think he really digs the 2016 rule set of it. So yeah, I I, I think there's something there for everybody if you like this type of game. Absolutely. Cool. So that's the Venus Deluxe Edition. All right. I got to go pack. Yeah, he has to go pack, and I need to go get shirts and little baggies right, to sell. To, right, to get them ready for BGG Con. Yep. So if you see us while you're there, say hi. Please. And don't forget Friday night, BGG Con. 8 p.m. at the bar. We're doing the uh, heavy cardboard meetup. So hopefully we'll have a bunch of giveaways. And yeah. And some shirts and pint glasses. and Yeah, the new shirt design. Yeah. So you guys are hearing about and it first. And the new colors. There's some new colors that we're excited about. Yep. Mint green and orange mm -hmm. for the shirts. And something a little bit different. And they look nice and, you know, nice quality, just like our, all of our other shirts. 
And, um, but yeah, definitely come up and say hello if you see us at BGGCon. If we're not together, that's fine. Come say hi to whoever you want to. Um, Edward has a shaved head. I have about half a shaved head. Um, and so he'll probably have on his hoodie the whole time. I may not, but hey, if you recognize me or hear me talking or something, you're like, hey, <laughs> I know that voice. Come say hi. Yeah. So don't be strangers. Please. And with that said, uh, look for updates hopefully every night yeah. from BGGCon. That's the plan anyway. And then after that, a uh, new episode hopefully every week. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. So we'll catch you all either next week or at, in a few hours at BGGCon. Yeah. <laughs> catch y'all later. Bye.